pull the list of actual products that are in demand for one product type and then study that list, make it your best friend, give it a kiss before you go to bed at night and wake up in the morning and study it more because it will tell you everything you need to know to drive success on a platform. Welcome everybody to the Till Death Stop Me podcast because the inevitable is one day we are going to die. Sounds pretty morbid, right? But you wanna know what I think is even more depressing? Merely existing on this planet and not achieving, not going, not experiencing, not meeting, not having every single thing that I've ever wanted in this life. We have one shot to do this thing right. So we might as well experience every single thing we've ever wanted, have every single thing that we've ever wanted, build communities with long lasting, meaningful relationships. Most importantly, achieve our ideal version of what success looks like to us. So that is why in this podcast, we're gonna be interviewing people that even against all the odds have been able to do that and are working constantly every single day to build their ideal lifestyle. So without further ado, thank you for tuning in guys. Let's get into this episode. I want to welcome Jesse Anselm to the TDSM podcast today. He has sold over 420,000 print products on the Etsy platform. He is also the founder of the Inner Circle Prints, which we're going to share more about later on in this interview. When you talk about really hyper successful people, there's really three main personality traits that the top most successful people in the world resemble. And the one personality trait out of the three that people normally fall short of is the one that actually Jesse resembles the most, which is being able to fixate and focus on one thing for an elongated period of time, meaning that he has the ability to obsess over systems and perfection and monetization even when things get boring. That is why in this interview, we are going to unpack how Jesse has been able to maintain this incredible level of consistency and focus throughout his journey. And if you stay until the end, we are going to share how you can get access to Jesse's free print on demand Etsy course. All right. And without further ado, welcome Jesse Anselm to the TDSM podcast today. All right. Thank you so much. I'm super excited you're here. You're obviously a leading Etsy player in the game, so you have a lot of value to give. And yeah, I'm just excited to hear more. So tell us a little bit more about your early onset from, you know, getting into entrepreneurship to where you are today. What is that journey? What was that journey for you? Yeah, absolutely. So my entrepreneurial journey really starts back in 2016, October of 2016. Um, during this time frame, I basically had already been in the, the business space and I'd fail out a few different things, uh, but I had something different this time around uh, with what I was working on because I just found out that my wife was pregnant and it kind of put my back against the wall because I was, during that time frame, I was pretty much determined that finding out this news, I had to replace her income. We were both working minimum wage jobs at the time and we didn't have any extra funds at all. And I'm that guy dabbling in all these entrepreneurial things, you know, different business models and whatnot. A lot of research on YouTube, you know, the, the typical where everyone starts. And How old were you? Kind of, How old were you? Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was 19. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 19 years old. So 
I find out this news, obviously it was pretty crazy. We're both young. We're both kind of dumb. Don't really know what we're doing in life. And so um, I definitely, like I said, though, I was really focused on figuring out a, a way for business to work for me. And I was studying on YouTube and I came across some different models with Etsy and Amazon and different things like that. And at that time frame, I was I started a jewelry business on Etsy, actually, and a type of business where I would literally hand stamp the letters to to personalize these items. They were basic personalized items that I could do because I didn't have very much money at the time. So I was just trying to find an outlet for me to pour into and to, to grow something. So this is uh, end of October 2016. No idea what I'm doing. Started my journey. Um, and during the next month or two months, I kind of really poured it on. I'd work full time. I'd come home from work and I'd work my business until about 12 o'clock to one o'clock in the morning and then restart. It was kind of that grind day after day. And I got enough momentum during that first uh, Q4 uh, where we got to like 50 sales a day. It was awesome. It was so cool. I was like, wife, you don't have to work anymore. You can quit your job. This is awesome. And then January rolls around and we're down to one to two sales a day. And so I thought I had like really achieved something awesome. And I did. It was cool. We like we ran a good amount for Q4. But now it was the real season, the normal season. And uh, I wanted two sales a day. It was definitely a leap of faith to continue doing that. So she wasn't working anymore. And I had made the leap actually right at the end of Q4. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full time too. I'm going to go all in. I can get so much more done if all I'm doing is this. And so that grind really got real very, very fast because we had a small cushion to sit on from Q4. And that's where I started to really dissect and learn from everything around me because I could see Etsy sellers. And this was the initial reason why I got so motivated and excited. I could see Etsy sellers that were doing 10 sales a day, that were doing 20 sales a day, 50 sales a day, even 100 sales a day. And at that time, it was mind boggling to me that that was even possible. And I was thinking if I could get to five or 10 sales a day, my life would be set. That was like my, my initial goal. And because I could see all these sellers driving success around me, I knew that if I could learn from them and really extract that would work, that I could actually dominate too. And so I got obsessed with studying other sellers around me and really not, not copying, but really finding what works in the marketplace and how I can apply that to my own business. And uh, over the next you know six months or so, I was able to get some traction. We had our first Mother's Day season, which was our, our first influx in like the more normalized seasons of, of, the, of the year. And that gave me some some good momentum there. And I just grinded it out until Q4 that following year and had our first, you know, semi-successful season. Um, so at that point in time, this is 2017, 2018 uh, time frame, had, you know, one successful season under my belt after I was fighting to survive in business in general. And I really saw the opportunity for print products kind of pop up to me because I was still studying YouTube, studying top shops around me, kind of just seeing what was working. And print products were super attractive to me because it was way different than the, the jewelry model that I had, which was I had to buy the inventory. I had to hold the inventory. I had to uh, have the different colors of things, the different setup sizes, you name it. I had to have it. The red was a little bit higher. And with print products, if I was doing them myself, I could buy like one case of mugs, for example, and make 500 products out of that one case. And if I didn't sell one, cool, but I, I only had to spend the, the money on that one case. So I could see that. And I also saw the POD model, which was I can outsource all of my fulfillment and just focus on the graphic side. So both of those were extremely attractive to me as someone who still didn't have a ton of money and was still trying to really figure out my path to succeed. Um, and that's when I really went all in kind of 2018 into 2019, actually, was when I really focused on print products. And since then, that's been the majority of my sales. So my journey really started out through a lot of trial and error, a lot of figuring it out and just trusting because I could see people around me that were dominating and that taste for and that hunger that I had at that time for 
finding that success was just so strong that I continued to go after it. And then we'll skip a little bit of the gap in between. But today I've sold over $10 million on Etsy and Amazon. We took my collective sales data uh, from four Etsy shops I do have. I would be ranked at number 75 in the world on Etsy. So I've definitely learned a lot of different things over the last six or so years um, that have kind of brought me to where I am today. Wow, wow. And we're backing up a little bit. Where was that initial capital from that to start that uh, that first jewelry brand? Yeah, it was from my minimum wage job and my wife's minimum wage job. So Which was, had, what, what was your minimum wage job? Uh, so I was working actually, so I had minimum wage plus commissions. I was a personal trainer for a little bit at a local gym. And so I would get paid nine forty seven an hour and any commissions I made, except for I sucked at that. And so I would make a no, nothing beyond like my minimum wage would actually be more than if I used my commission side. And then uh, she was working at a daycare. So we had $9.47 plus $9.47 an hour. And we're living on our own trying to make things happen and, and you know, have our first baby on the way. So that wow. was where it started. And then with that, though, um, my claim to fame that I always tell everyone, which is a very true story. I invested $128. It was literally like all the money I had in my account at the time into my first initial round of jewelry supplies. And I literally just flipped it from there all the way until where I am today. Uh, so that was where it all started. And that was the capital, 128 bucks I had in my pocket. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. Like people get so like, like something is better than nothing. It's like the serial entrepreneur story of like, okay, if you're broke, like go buy a case of water bottles and then sell off each one of those water bottles and then flip it yeah. again and flip it again, which is a very similar story to what I had to your younger self. What would you have advised your younger self like of where you should get capital or how much capital or should you even use capital? Should you use credit? Like what what should what would that advice be, I guess? Yeah, my biggest thing is if you're starting out and you don't have a bunch of capital on hand to work with, I would pick a model that makes sense for you. So something like print on demand uh, is a great model to get started out with. It's why it's so attractive is because you don't have to have a bunch of overhead. You can get a few softwares uh, for designing and marketing and things like that and really get started for almost nothing or just that additional money you do have. So a model like that matters a lot. So the vehicle you're going to put yourself in is massively important on the front end. Um, so I do. I see a lot of sellers that do love the print-on-demand space for that reason. So once you once you do have a vehicle like that, uh, the biggest thing from there, if I was talking to my younger self, is like make a plan and stick to it. <laughs> because I was pinballing at first. I think everyone pinballs. I call it shiny object syndrome, where it's like, okay, I had jewelry going. I could keep branching out in different jewelry pieces. I could then look at, oh, there's print products. Oh, I have access to dozens of product types. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And I was pinballing everywhere. So. My next thing would be tell my younger self, if you, you pick a vehicle like that, that doesn't require a bunch of capital, get focused right away. Because if you're not focused, you're going to go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the, you know, the big things that I praise you on in the intro is that, you know, you got hyper targeted on doing one thing. And even though you're not selling jewelry today, right, that momentum drove you into the next thing, which drove you to the next thing or be able to reinvest. And yeah. so many people just get want to do everything. I all think we're like amazing in theory. And we're these like entrepreneur gods that can do a million things at once. But like, especially in the beginning, that's just like not the case. And it's yeah. so, so important to just focus on that one singular thing, even though it could be super, super boring or whatever, until, you know, there's some KPI or some universal sign that's saying, hey, maybe we should reinvest or go in that direction or this direction. But it's so important to get that initial momentum first, I would say. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Changing gears here a little bit, I would say just broader entrepreneurial topic here. What do yeah. you think is really like the number one thing that holds people back from, you know, 
making that initial yes and going 100% all in on their business idea? Yeah, so I think the the number one thing that holds people back is definitely going to come down to fear, but with that more specifically, just a lack of knowledge. So I think when people don't know where to start or what to do specifically, not having the education in place, they tend to kind of sit on their hands or have all these ideas and never really get them moving because they're afraid it won't work because they don't know what to do. So uh, the biggest thing that holds people back is definitely the fear-based aspect. So so the answer to that, getting education and getting the right understanding in place is the number one thing you can do when you're first getting started because it, it eliminates a lot of that fear. You can actually take a breath and know you have a strategy in place that can work, but you got to put in the effort now and pour in in one direction. So I think that's the biggest missing piece for people. And it's very common that someone comes into any space, any business, and just doesn't know what to do. So finding someone in your space that has already done what you've done or is far beyond where you are is the number one piece of advice I'd have for someone in that situation. Having sold over $10 million in goods online, um, is there any other secret sauce tips that you could add to that? Yeah. So I can, and the main thing I can speak on is, is in the space that I've personally been in. So I don't want to ever speak on an area that I haven't been. So with Etsy and with Amazon, my, my best piece of advice or my secret sauce is to understand the basic aspect to selling on those platforms in the first place. Like why would you even sell on a platform like Etsy or like Amazon? And the number one thing you have to understand in the bread and butter of your business is leveraging search volume. So if you can anchor that in game with and you can kind of remove your own preference and ideas to start and get yourself momentum based on what's actually in demand that's the best thing you can do for yourself so in the print on demand space when you're focusing in on leveraging search fund there's a very specific way that i go about doing it i think it'd be really helpful for anyone who's starting their journey in that space to do which is to focus on one product type at a time i was mentioning focus earlier on and when you're leveraging search volume on a platform you really need to make sure that you're leveraging it correctly. And when you're focused on one product type, you can actually add value. Because like I said, shiny object syndrome is real. And in the POD space, it's extra real because there's so much out there. You immediately have access to t-shirts and hoodies and coffee mugs and baby onesies and wall art and all these different product types. But to properly leverage search volume on these platforms, focusing on one is the best thing you can do. And when you focus on one, you can actually add value for those customers. So by adding value, it just means you're removing your preference and you're filling that in with what's actually in, in demand and what's actually being looked for, what's actually liked. And so it's, it's one step even further than once you identify, you know, what's being searched for, what about those items are people loving? Like mm-hmm. design-wise, the theme, the, the setup of the item, the variations, things like that, where if you mm-hmm. focus all your time and attention in one direction – you tend to drive much better results because you're honing in on what actually works in that, in that marketplace. That was, yeah, that, was kind of a, that was kind of a bad answer, by the way. I didn't no, know. no, no. And that's a great answer. That's a great answer because people come, I mean, they come to me with this and I don't even do print products, but it's yeah. the same thing. Like I want to sell this. I want to do mugs. I want to do wool art. I want to do all these things. And it's like, yeah. remember you're in your freshman year. So basically to summarize what he just what Jesse just said is yeah. right. You have all these all these cards on the table of just things that you can launch within the realm of the print mm-hmm. space, right? So, what are you saying is master one angle? So, like if you're gonna do you know shirts and hoodies, right? How do you become the best at shirts and hoodies? How do you increase value compared to your competition 
on that one thing, right? Every product yes. has its own needs, wants, fears, and goals. So how do we figure out how to add value? So give us a real life example of that, what you just explained. You kind of said, you know, in the variations and stuff like that, but maybe you can go a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, I'd love to. So to get super specific and, and really, you know, give you practical steps you can take. So let's say you're in the POD space and you're focusing on leverage, leveraging search volume correctly, which is one product type at a time. And you double down on one product type. I'm going to use the example of t-shirts. If I was to double down and focus in on t-shirts, the number one thing I would want to do on the front end is map out which t-shirts are in demand because I'm on a platform and I want to leverage search volume. So to map out the t-shirts that are in demand, you can use tools out there like Everbee or like Allura, where you can actually just find these shops that are already driving a lot of success that have sold 20,000 items, 50,000 items, 100,000 items. And you can run these tools on these shops and find the exact listings that have sold and get an estimate for how many times they've sold. So let's say you find a t-shirt after you, you use a tool where you can see this item has estimated it sold 800 times over. If you can see items like that, what it's telling you is it's, it's allowing you to reverse engineer the search volume. Because if on a platform that item is sold 800 times over, wouldn't you guess that a lot of people are looking for it? Because that's the only way they're going to find it on a platform like Etsy or Amazon. They have to be searching for it to find it to then buy it 800 times over. So when you build out a list of products like this by finding these shops that are dominating, you start to reverse engineer the search volume properly, and it allows you to then focus on the products that have the demand. So that meets one side of the puzzle. You, you've uh, successfully identified the products that are being looked for. But on the back side of that, it's like, how are you going to then add value? And that's where it all matters. Because I could build a list of products all day long that have great search volume behind them. However, what I do with that search volume makes all the difference. So this is where if you isolate those best-selling products for a specific product type and you learn how to study them through literally manually going through listing by listing and looking at what are they doing from a design standpoint? What are they doing with their photography and the theme of, of their photo templates? What are they doing with their pricing structure and their offer tactics and their description and everything that goes into making their product great? What are they actually doing? And when you study those lists of products, like I said, not only do you have the side that is the search volume itself, but you get the, also the side of where the value actually sits. You can extract out and equip yourself with what actually works in that market. And that's what makes all the difference because now you're equipped and you can move through that product type and that what I call product category because there's usually hundreds of products that you could potentially scale for that one product type and effectively add value through your designs, through your photos with the right pricing structure in place, running the right offer tactics with the right description, the right everything that's tailored for the, the ideal buyer. So that's my mm -hmm. biggest piece of, of practical technical advice. Build a list of actual products that are in demand for one product type and then study that list, make it your best friend give it a kiss before you go to bed at night and wake up in the morning and study it more because it will tell you everything you need to know to drive success on a platform. That was the million dollar uh, strategy right there. Um, so Jesse, what are you working on today? Are you working on other things outside of your shops? What do you have going on these days? Yeah. So right now um, I've actually just in 2023 launched a fulfillment company called Inner Circle Prints. So what Inner Circle Prints is, it's really a mix of two different things. It's a uh, number one, it's a strategic product type fulfillment company. So we only branch into product types for POD sellers that have a big upside for them. And what I mean by that is they're currently in the space, if it's Printify or Print4 or any other print provider out there that would be fulfilling items, they either don't have the items that we have offered, or if they do have the items, they're obnoxiously priced. So there's no margin for you as a seller. And then the second piece of Inner Circle Prints that makes it really special and, and a huge value add is that you get the education side. So you, you get 
a lot of uh, we have courses, one on one trainings, coaching sessions as groups, things that are really going to help you move the ball down the field for your business and actually execute on these untapped product types. So that's been my main focus now. And we've already seen massive success from our sellers early on uh, just getting rolling with that in 2023. That's awesome. And just to put emphasis on this, guys, like I always say, like the house always wins, right? Like the manufacturer always wins. But if you're in a space like the print on demand space where you really don't want to touch the product, right, you want to get as close to the house as possible. So the fact that Jesse is offering this and only offering this to like an exclusive uh, group of people means that the value propositions that you will be able to have in your shops is heightened that much more when you're selling exclusive products that aren't just on, you know, Printify or Printful, stuff like that. Yeah. I said that right, right, Jesse? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Like on Printify, yeah. I'm pretty sure they have somewhere around 4 million users to date. So imagine... Yeah. A, a, a fulfillment partner that's act, 4 million people have access to that fulfillment partner right now in inner circle prints we have about 50 individual sellers who have access to our fulfillment and again those product types are very st- strategic they're already vetted product types that we know you can maintain really good margin and have a lot of search flying behind that that these other print providers aren't giving you so it just completely puts you 10 steps ahead as you're getting your journey going or if you've already been in the space it's going to allow you to just rocket ship blast off and, and really hit the ground running hard yeah, that's so, so awesome. Yeah, you added value proposition, heightened competitiveness, like that's what you have to do. Like it's no longer just horizontal quantity, it's quantity and quality. So anything that you can do to stand out, that is what you're going to do. So um, I know we mentioned in the intro that we're going to be sharing a how people can get into your free, um, you know, your free course. So how can people do that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a, you can go to jesseteaches.com backslash top seller course, and you can opt in there to get my free training. It's like an hour long. I try to make my free trainings, the most valuable free trainings out there. Um, I've had people tell me that it's more valuable than paid trainings they've done. So I really suggest, especially if you're getting started or if you need clarity on what to actually do, that hour long training is going to add a ton of value for you and give you practical steps to take in your business to actually get moving in the right direction. And just to make it easier for you, the link is going to be in the description. <laughs> so that's a secret way to get in. Just let's go to the description. <laughs> you can click Much the link easier. in there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I guess to sum up this interview, really, I guess the famous question is, what is the number one thing that you are never going to stop striving for until death stops you? Yeah, absolutely. The number one thing that I'll never stop striving for is serving others. It's it's just who I am and what I do. So whether I was down to my last dollar or I had my back against the wall, I'm going to continue serving anyone around me, whether that's in my personal life or in business, whatever it may be, I'm going to continue serving people till the day I die. And that's a, a promise I've made to myself for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Serving, living life on purpose. That is what we are about. Well, thank you so much, Jesse, um, for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you soon. And guys, again, the link is going to be down below in the description to get in that free course. Um, and also, sorry, one more. You are on Instagram as well. Your Instagram. Yes. Yep. yep, at Jesse Teaches on Instagram. If you want to find me there, you can also get to my free train there too. Or just send me a DM. I'm always here to help. And that will be in the link in the description as well. So perfect. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jesse. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Hannah.